0: Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. Well, there's really only one place to start this week. Who would have thought we'd see Eurohead German power prices at €800 per megawatt hour and gas import prices at $500 per barrel oil equivalent? It's crazy, BMO might be asking me to shorten this podcast even more soon to save some money. Unsurprisingly, higher power has led to a spate of cuts in productive capacity across industries. And while in metals and mining, we typically focus on mine cost curves, at the moment it's smelter viability that really matters. We've seen the Budel Zinc smelter placed in care and maintenance with others at risk. We've seen further closures looking likely at aluminium smelters, and while the data thus far shows limited impact, you'd expect output of steel via electric arc furnaces, both carbon and stainless, to drop markedly. There are some exceptions to the rule. Uh, I'd highlight the Arubis copper smelter in Hamburg is classified as critical infrastructure, as its off-gas heats the nearby residential district. There's a good argument for more sustainable behaviour in the industry. Meanwhile, although much of the power market focuses in Europe, in the near term. Cuts in China might actually be more significant as a heat wave there forces industrial load shedding. Over 20% of global zinc production, 15% of copper and 10% of aluminium are in Chinese provinces exposed to potential power issues. Though we would expect the impacts here to be more transient than those seen in Europe. Just for reference, you need about 500 kilowatt hours per tonne of power to produce steel uh, via an EEF. 7,000 kilowatt hours per tonne to smelt zinc and 13 to 14,000 kilowatt hours per tonne of primary aluminium. This is why power costs have a significant impact on marginal metal prices. And while the bias is for more production cuts, this skews risk to the upside for metal prices. Also, just to note that at current gas prices, marginal nitrogen costs are going through the roof at a time when concerns over crop yields are rising by the day multi pressure on the consumer may not have peaked yet. Of course, while supply will get more headlines, high power prices are just another inflationary element that will eventually hurt demand. In the short term, however, this might be outweighed by renewed consumer panic, just in the same way as German gas inflows are actually running at record levels given the potential future threat to supply, So metal consumers look to be willing to lean back into purchases at present, hence the record zinc premiums we're seeing in Europe. Partly, of course, this is the potential for closures at existing suppliers as discussed before. Partly it's the thought that higher energy costs will flow through to higher prices. And partly it's logistic fears given the low river levels we're seeing across the world. Remember, purchasing managers are still nervous given all the delivery issues over the past couple of years. Ultimately, higher power prices are just another headwind to underlying demand. We expect global ex-China industrial output to be flooding with recession over the coming quarters, and model European metals demand down 5-10% to 10% year-on-year for the second half of this year. And while the US and Japan are pulling up better for now, weaker housing data is pointing to potential future concerns. I'd also highlight that only 58% of the country-level PMIs we track are above the expansion mark of 50. That compared to almost 90% we saw in June. And while China's infrastructure side remains relatively robust, the weakness in property-related demand continues. And I'm going to quote China's MIIT here. The current industrial economic situation remains complex and severe, and the foundation for stabilisation and recovery is still shaky. We must make every effort to consolidate the momentum of economic recovery this does point to the fact that it's hardly an economy in control at the moment. Now, we do see China as a net positive demand delta over the coming months, from current levels at least, but the growing risk there is perhaps the impact of the current heat wave on the ability of retailers to operate, many already being forced to open for half days only. Meanwhile, the rest of the world, is we see that as likely to keep grinding lower in terms of year-on-year metals demand growth. Now, returning to the supply side, we are starting to see more evidence of industrial action at producer facilities. Most notable has been the widespread strike in Norway, which has affected aluminium, silicon and zinc output, but a number of worker unions throughout the world are starting to make more noise about wage rises. It is wise to expect further disruption across commodities over the coming months, given the backdrop of strong sector profits and rapidly rising inflation impacting workers' quality of living. As I often say, when things are going well in the industry, shareholders want more, communities want more, governments want more, and workers want more. In inflationary environments, this situation is amplified. I'd say the key challenge for many companies will be whether to meet demands through base wage rises, via one-off bonuses, or perhaps do something like a hardship payment type of approach linked to inflation. All of these have their relative potential downsides, with the key call perhaps being how transient certain elements of inflation may be. It's worth bearing in mind that in 2008, the most similar backdrop in recent times in terms of inflation and mining profits, total disruption in the copper industry was 8.1%. That's the highest level seen this century. While we're talking copper, for most of this year I've been saying that I couldn't justify the record prices seen on underlying market fundamentals. Well, the macro-led sell-off in June and July certainly brought copper back to more fundamentally acceptable levels in my view. And it is interesting to note that most of the copper indicators in China are looking incrementally positive at present. Helped by power-related production cuts, both Shanghai Futures Exchange and bonded inventory have fallen rapidly over the past couple of weeks, leaving visible inventory cover extremely low. And while still subpar wiring cable fabricator operating rates were at 2022 highs in July, while calculated demand in the month was the highest in two years, copper is the only major industrial metal where year-to-date Chinese demand is positive on a year-on-year basis. Moreover, the rise in the cathode import premium above $100 a tonne does suggest Chinese buyers are stepping up open market purchases. Given there is expected mine supply growth into next year, albeit likely less than the major consultants are currently forecasting, and there's general industrial malaise, there will be a time to be concerned about copper again. For now, though, with supply logistics challenge once more, particularly for deliveries via the Rhine or the Yangtze, and potential for positive sentiment around Chinese energy transition spending into the CPC meeting in October-November, well, for now, at least, copper seems relatively well-positioned vis-a-vis peers. Finally, I wanted to quickly flag that I'll be hosting BMO's sixth annual LME Week research seminar during the afternoon of Tuesday the 25th of October. If you are in London for LME Week and want to hear more about the outlook for base metals, the Chinese economy and the fuel to materials transition, please do join. It'll be held at number 4 Hamilton Place and to address the obvious question there, yes I am pretty sure the venue was named after me, honest. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions, just get in touch directly. And I do hope you can join me next time around to discuss more pertinent issues for the global metals and bulk commodity industry. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website, at researchglobalzero.pimo.capitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton at bmo.com. To access our full disclosures, Please visit Research Global Zero. forward slash public hyphen disclosure.